In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, you all survived. I was reminded at 8 o'clock that this is 12 Drummers Drumming Day. Is that right? Did I remember that right? Yeah. 12 days, yeah. 12 Drummers Drumming. And tomorrow is what? Epiphany. Good, good. You may pass this course after all. We'll give you some more tips, though, on that a little bit later. This morning, what I'd like to do is uh, share some thoughts on the epistle, on Ephesians, rather than the gospel. The gospel is sort of, we got up here, and then we went there, and then we went there, and then we came back here. We didn't go there, but we went here. You got that. Right. Okay. Ephesians was kind of interesting, because that, you know, seminary was a long time ago. And I got out some of my notes and my New Testament from those days and looked it over. And it turns out there's a great controversy about Ephesians. Did Paul write it or not? Well, I ignore that. Because there's some, there's some great stuff in there. It's, it's a letter that is sent either as a cover letter for all of Paul's letters or as a letter to the church in Ephesus where Paul actually spent a lot of time. If you go back and look in Acts, you'll see that he spent actually quite a bit of time in Ephesus. And, of course, the the scholars who think that he didn't write it say so because he left out the part about thanking his friends in Ephesus, which, you know, in all the other Pauline epistles, he says, well, say hi to this person and that person and all of that, but he didn't do that in this one. Irrespective of that, it's a letter with great words and really good advice, and it's addressed to the saints in Ephesus. Who are the saints in Ross? Ta-da! It's all of you. It's all of us. We are the saints in this place, according to New Testament thought. Notice that in the first couple lines of, of the epistle, it says, and you were chosen by Christ. May not have made it on the... May not have made it on the football team in the third grade, but by Lord, I was chosen to the kingdom of heaven before I was even born. And you too. And you too. We were chosen by Christ. We were, we were a people showed faith and love of the saints, of our people in our community. We We pray that God gives us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's what saints do. We pray for wisdom and revelation. One of the best things we can pray for is revelation. Because God is constantly being revealed to us. Constantly. We ignore it most of the time. Oh, um, another miracle. You know, the sun coming up. I mean, the solstice. The solstice is a big deal. 
it's a big deal because the sun goes over like this and it gets here. And then on the 21st of December, it either does one of two things. It either starts going back this way or, or, it doesn't. (laughs) May I humbly point out to you that if it doesn't, we are in deep, hot, fat honey. But it does. And it did. I check these things every year. It did. But constantly God is revealing God's love to us in a smile, in a gesture, in a wave, in an acknowledgement. Constantly. Constantly. Constantly we are seeing this kind of love around us. Maybe only from our cat. Well, as one of you pointed out to me after the St. Francis service, uh, we are staffed cats. They are to dogs, we are family. <laughs> but, but we receive love constantly around us. You know, one of the little images that is in here is the eyes of the heart. The eyes of the heart are open. They're open to hope to which we are called. What's that hope? Eternal life. The eyes of the heart are open to the hope of eternal life. It means we don't live like everybody else. And it means our hearts can see things that other people don't see. And finally, finally, the last part of this piece of Ephesians says, immeasurable greatness of power for us who believe. Well, I always have trouble with the word believe, so I went back and looked it up in in the Greek New Testament, and it uses the word pisteo, which means to trust, to trust. I mean, you can believe in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny, but you don't necessarily have to trust them. They might let you down. But God, you can trust. What are you trusting God for? You're trusting for that hope which the eyes of our hearts see for eternal life, for life everlasting. That's revelation. That's a good thing. And we're not like everybody else. So, okay, okay, given all of that, what do we do? What do we do? Well, I have a short list. One thing we can do is to pray daily. Pray daily, both as individuals and as a family. We pray for those we love. We pray for our world. We pray for our community. We pray for ourselves. That's okay to do that. We pray for peace. We pray for safety. We pray for health. We pray for hope. 
And those of us in West Marin are playing, praying like mad for rain. We need rain. Our spring is coughing. You can almost hear it. You also know, I used to teach this to management classes too. You know the, uh, the real learning prayer of the manager, don't you? We all know that. It goes like this. Oh God, I'll never do that again. As we face yet another learning experience. Okay, we pray daily. The other thing we do is we act daily. Love and service. We love those around us. And we serve those around us. We try to make our world, our life, our relationships, our work, and our play better. We work to make them better through love and through service. Another thing we can do as saints is to plan. Yes, we live by the grace of God, but that doesn't mean abandonment. It doesn't mean we give up and say, God will take care of me. I don't have to do anything. I'll just sit here and look cute. Doesn't work that way. We're expected to work Learn to look ahead. Learn to become a steward of your land, of your goods, and all that you have. Learn to become a steward of that. Learn to not only care for it, but to improve it. Learn to improve the quality of life and plan for that. Learn how to save and spend wisely. And especially learn how to beware of false prophets. And you spell prophets two ways. P-R-O-P-H and P-R-O-F. Beware of false prophets. If it looks really, really good, it isn't. Mr. Madoff told me that, I'm sure. Last two, you already know. Exercise, try to walk a little more. And the last one is diet, knowing the three enemies, you know those, sugar, fat, and salt. You know, I was, I was reading the side of a yogurt package the other day, and I was looking to see how much sugar was in there. Nowhere, nowhere did it say there was sugar in there. And so there was dehydrated cane syrup. Aha! That is wicked, you know. That is just wicked. But there you have it. Well, given all of that, you know, we are never alone. Our God, our creator, is the redeemer and sustainer of us and all life. That's who is with us. Our God, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer. Having said that, though, let's be really clear about who our God is. Our God is not money. Our God is not 
beauty. Our God is not what we own. And our God is not achieving power over others. And the list goes on and on and on. Our God is not the golden calf. It is the fire on the mountain. We are called as saints to model for others. We model a sense of purpose. We model hard work. We model preparation for what we need to do. We model courage. This gets overlooked a lot. But you are called upon every single day to make decisions. And some of those decisions demand courage on your part. They demand courage to be ethical. They demand courage to do the right thing. They demand courage to acknowledge who is the God of your life. We are called to learning. Keep learning. We are called to listen. Be open to new ideas. And we are also called, just to repeat, to ethical and honest behavior. We are called to that as saints. Well, just as a little addendum here, I'm going to throw in a little something for your edification on Epiphany. Epiphany is a kind of a minor deal in the Western Church compared to the Eastern Church where it is a huge and cosmic deal. In, uh, in the Eastern Church, it celebrates the baptism of Christ. And in the Western Church, we celebrate the visit of the Magi, which you heard this morning. We, we celebrate in the Western Church, which is Rome versus Constantinople, um, manifestation of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. The big three feasts in the East are Easter, Pentecost, and Epiphany. In the Western Church, I'm really not sure what they are. I think Christmas and Easter are in there somewhere, Easter being the primary. Whether Pentecost and Epiphany or some of the others get third billing, I'm not sure. But, uh, but that's where that is. Now, I'll just leave you one historical note. I'm only leaving this to you in case you're on Jeopardy one day and you, you'll be asked this question. On the Feast of the Epiphany... In England, the king or queen, whoever is the ruler, is expected to do something. What is it they are expected to do? What they are expected to do is go into the chapel royal in the residence, Buckingham or Sandringham or wherever they happen to be, go into the chapel royal and attend a service. And at the service at the offertory, they bring forward three things. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. All right, I've assured your financial future now on Jeopardy. Amen. <laughs>